0: Well, welcome back to the Venari podcast. I'm Gov Kandola and we're joined by Sean Thomas. Now Sean is the Director of Engineering and Asset Management at Network Rail. Um, so Sean, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Gov. Really good to see you and great to be talking to you this afternoon.
0: Yeah, likewise. Uh and in today's episode, we're going to be learning a bit more about you. Uh, and kind of your decisions to pursue an engineering degree, uh, and also, you know, Kind of what led you to take on the opportunities that you've come across um in your career um so to kick us off let's know a bit more about you and your role in network rail
1: yeah so i'm um i'm an infrastructure professional i think that's how i describe myself um and i've spent over 20 years in infrastructure in general business projects and operational roles i of the institute of civil engineers and chartered management institute and I've got a doctorate in business administration so like to list those things off because it's quite varied and kind of mixed for an engineer I think. I think the other thing about me is uh that my experience cuts across UK regulated water utilities, international oil and gas and now rail as well as some construction mega projects along the way so I've got a real range of different perspectives and uh Uh, different kind of ways of enabling success and and driving change. So my role now, as you say, is Director of Engineering and Asset Management at Network Rail, um, and that's for the southern region. And our region covers Dorset, Hampshire, East and West Sussex, Surrey, Kent and South London. Um, And so we've got heaps of passenger journeys that we, um, we provide service for every day. Um, and pretty, I think it's pretty much more than a third of Britain's rail services. So my team look after the engineering and asset management for that asset group.
0: Yeah, it's a huge region in terms of kind of what you guys cover. It's incredible. Um, I was going to ask, what made you want to pursue an engineering degree?
1: So I am um, I was the third daughter of a, a really proud Welsh railwayman um, who was a okay. mechanical engineer. So I think I was his last attempt to be able to get an engineer from, <laughs> from the family. Um, So uh, being Welsh as a child, we spent many journeys crossing the River Severn, either over the bridge or through the tunnel. Um, And so I kind of saw the impact of big, heavy engineering quite early in my my childhood. Um, I think my dad probably inspired me because he was really passionate and he opened my eyes really early to the possibility of engineering as a career. And it wasn't going to be a problem for me being female in in terms of going into the career that he loved. I also enjoyed maths and geography at school um, and was really interested in uh, the environment and the River Thames. I used to do lots of canoeing. So it all kind of meshed together to be quite a sensible thing to do, to look at civil engineering as a career.
0: Amazing. Yeah. And as you said, it kind of crosses over a few different places. I remember when we first were introduced, um, you were doing more on the water side and obviously I was working within rail. Um, and the reason why I wanted to contact you is because of the regulatory piece and the fact that you covered such huge projects and that's kind of what the business really wanted to bring in, uh, moving forward. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, an, it's glad that we can take good talent from other areas as well. <laughs> um, and obviously in terms of obviously the push for what we've discussed previously is an increase in demographic diversity. Um, now in terms of female leadership, what do you feel needs to be done to increase the number of individuals who are either pursuing engineering degrees or wanting to cross over within this industry as well?
1: So I think there are three key areas where we need to focus our efforts. So one is around opportunity, one's around attraction, um, and then one's around retention. I was open to the opportunity from a really young age, but we've got a massive journey to go on as a society To make sure that everybody's able to see that uh, a career in engineering or related sort of area is is something that is accessible to them. Um, And I think that starts at a really early age in schools, um, providing examples and information across age groups and across different demographics and and different geographies. Um, we've, um, We've got some really great examples across industry of STEM engagement. Um, And in Southern, we're particularly in the process of updating our strategy to build a bit more momentum in that area. For example, we had a great session last week where we had a bring your child to work day and lots of kind of budding, enthusiastic youngsters came into our office in London to understand a little bit more about what we do every day. But that was kind of colleagues children. And so the real question for most of us is around how do you provide that opportunity and that visibility to people that don't have access to people already working in, in the industry? Um, so looking at yeah, how you get into different schools and different areas to make sure that yeah all children can, can see it as the opportunity that, that's available to them. Uh, so that's kind of the opportunity piece. I think there's something around um, attraction. So as an industry, we're still in that space where um, the sort of age old stereotype around engineering can sometimes we sometimes still fall into that trap of it being dirty and outside and, um, and kind of not not great. I mean, for me personally, being outside and um, being engaged on something on site was was one of the things that attracted me to the industry. But that doesn't fit fit for everybody. And obviously, there's so much more to what we do, and such a huge range of roles that are available that that people should be um should have visibility of. Uh, and I think just just thinking through where we're at um as society in the sort of climate crisis and the environment sustainability challenge, um there are so many opportunities and we really need to bring people in that are driven and enthusiastic for change to play their part in making a difference in that space. And yeah, there's a massive range range of roles around that. And I think, I think the other thing I just thought I mentioned was, it was around retention. So um, if we crack the kind of opportunity piece and then getting people into the industry, then how on earth do you keep people um, through their, through their careers? And then, so some of that is around, um, making people want to stay for all kinds of different reasons. So um making sure we're creating inclusive and safe workplaces, we've still as an industry probably got a, a reasonable way to go in that space. Um, I think recognising we've all got quite different developer needs and aspirations and as the world is changing, um, you know, people want to work flexibly, they want to do different things, they want to have portfolios. So how do you kind of balance that in a in a really sort of challenging and, and demanding industry? Um, and then more broadly, we've got lots of different needs or wants for, for working flexibility, whether that be uh, from an outside interest perspective or from a children or elderly carers perspective. You know, How, how do we kind of really um, build our model, particularly in rail, because weekend warriors aren't, aren't the people that are going to kind of wholly yeah. take the industry forward. We need a real mix of people to do things. So some really big challenges there on kind of making it attractive for people to stay and, and, and retain people in, in the industry more generally.
0: I agree. The more unique perspectives you have, I think the more individuals will be likely to want to join a business because they may have come from that previous industry and then seeing someone else succeed is huge. Um, and obviously you mentioned, obviously you kind of briefly touched on the diversity piece, the equity piece and inclusion piece at Network Rail. What are the business doing from those perspectives to kind of, you know, improve them?
1: So it's a, it's a real passion across the business of Network Rail. And we've um, at the beginning of this control period, um, we republished our, um our, diversity and inclusion strategy. So we've got something called Everyone Matters uh, and it's available on our website. And that sets out our approach as a business to improve diversity and inclusion across the business um, nationally. And we know just as you've said that, that in order to succeed, you really need to attract people from a range of backgrounds with different perspectives and different experiences in order to achieve the plans that that we've set out. Um, I think as, a, as an organization and as an industry, um. People much more, um, much more accepting of the fact you need that sort of breadth and depth and, and sort of diversity of, of thought to get things done. Uh, but we still got got a long way to go. We've we've done quite a lot of work recently in the southern region to build on that national strategy and and think about how we can move things forward. So, um, one of the pieces of work we've done recently is looking at um recruitment pinch points. So looking at when we're recruiting people into the business. At what point in that process does the uh, shortlisting or the candidate listing become less diverse? Um, and uh, it, we found that it was all around sort of sifting an interview. So I suppose that's not a, um, probably not news to lots of people because that's kind of, you know, happens across the board. But what we did off the back of that was um, trialed a skills based recruitment pilot. So people did sort of an online test kind of thing to, to test out their skills. And that's how we shortlisted. So there were no names, there was no sort of historic experience. It was all about those skills that, that enabled us to do that. Um, and that kind of that really helped in sort of get more people that um through that um initial process than than might otherwise have, have done so. Um and it was a real success with the hiring um, managers as well, because they they saw some good quality people through through the process. That's
0: really good. Yeah, I was gonna say, because obviously transportation itself, I think a fifth of the transport sector employees in Europe are female which is one-fifth which is incredible considering they're the majority user uh so you know having these types of initiatives to kind of change things up you know bringing in unique individuals I know from a Hiring perspective, whenever we're working on long lists and short lists, we're kind of wanting to make sure that we tick off every box and kind of giving the business an insight to individuals who are available who may not be available. Because sometimes, you know, just having an awareness of those names uh, is a great thing for internal hiring managers to kind of keep on top of, you know, later on down the line. You know, they may not have been ready right now, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't be aware of them for let's say six months time. Um, yeah. so it's good to hear Network Rail are really, I would say, taking, you know, that on board and really kind of moving forward with it. Um, that's great yeah. to hear.
1: What, what, one of the other things we've done really recently, actually, is a um, uh, sort of bit of positive action. So we've been doing a targeted female campaign okay. uh, for nine roles across the business, yeah. um, and those that sort of should be attractive to women, but we've got a disproportionately low percentage of females in those roles. Um, and it's uh, it's live on lots of sort of social media and on screens in our stations. Um, and we're really excited that in just four weeks we um, we got about fifteen thousand clicks on our recruitment page in response to those wow. adverts, which is really exciting because it's like, well, how on earth have we not tapped into that interest before? But but how great is that as a as a kind of um, piece? So we're the campaign's still live, um, and we're now tracking how many of those kind of initial interests and clicks actually translate to applications and and then people that will be appointed. So really exciting opportunity to see whether just doing things slightly differently helps us move the dial a bit
0: so shan to wrap things up if you could do one thing differently or maybe more of for women in engineering what would it be
1: so i think from a from a personal perspective i think i was quite slow to recognize that privilege provided to me with my dad kind of introducing me to engineering as a as a concept and um and, and also being quite an optimistic individual i've not always early sort of well been early to recognize that the, the challenges I might face might have been because I was female as opposed to just a challenge to kind of overcome and, and what have you um, and so now I know that I'm in a position of influence I've got a huge responsibility to the industry and to other females to make sure that um, those things that people find challenging or or kind of the societal things that create problems for people that I'm doing my best to try and flag them and, and do something about um uh, kind of knocking them down. So, you know, championing the need to change, supporting other people in their own journeys and being really clever about calling things out when, when things aren't quite as they should be. Um, I think the reason it's taking us so long is just that there is no magic bullet because we're talking about a whole bunch of individuals in society Doing what's really important to them and and kind of as a society and industry, we need to create the space for people to succeed. So I think it's just a relentless pursuit of making sure that everybody can kind of start off with an opportunity and and support people through that. So um, we've just got to keep going and, and keep challenging and keep chasing forward, I think.
0: You're doing some great stuff and obviously being a vice chair of the fellowship panel for the Institute of Civil Engineers. Um, so you're definitely playing your part in terms of making a change. Uh, and Sean, thank you again you know, for being part of the podcast. It's been great hearing your thoughts.
1: Excellent. Thank you. Great to talk to you.